Intervention. Oh yes, oh yes. We have another live episode for Wednesday night coming at you guys from Fantasy Intervention. I am way, way too excited for this. I am absolutely way too excited because we have a guest in here. We've got a guest in here from the FF Faceoff, along with many other things. I want to welcome in Anthony Servino. What's going on, Anthony? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very, very well, man. Just excited to get this, this episode up and rolling. You know, excited to to talk some fantasy football with you guys, especially since we just got finished watching a football game, which is absolutely bizarre, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. So, Anthony, real quick, where can we find you, man? What kind of content do you have out there? And then, of course, I will introduce my other co-hosts that are here uh, today. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real NFL Guru. I, I do a lot of my live and podcast content at the FF Faceoff, and I'm a senior writer at Gridiron Experts, and I'm also uh, I do a lot of betting content over at the Game Day NFL. Uh, they're a new and up and coming site, new to this season. Go check them out. We have a lot of great, you know, uh, personnel over at the game day, you know, uh, Elliot Harrison, Courtney Fallon from the NFL network, a lot of great people, Marcus Mosher, uh, just to name a few. So go check out the game day NFL. Now that's absolutely straight fire. And of course we have the main host of the show, the guy that puts this whole entire entire show together, you know, make sure I keep my shit together. Personally, we got Mike over there. What's going on, Mike? How you doing tonight? What's up, man? I, I am I am so fucking thrown off. I'm going to be honest, like the football game, 345 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. <laughs> I legitimately haven't known what day it was probably for the past eight days straight now. Uh, but other than that, things are doing you know great, man. And, and I'll tell you, game day, Anthony, that, that side is taking off, man. You guys literally have an all-star team. Uh, I've been picking it up since we had Nate on. Uh, Nate Hamilton came yep. on and he, he turned us on to that. So yep. you guys are literally blowing up. Like, I love what y'all are doing over there. So I'm stoked to have you on the show and always stoked to check out the game. That, that's been taken off like a rocket ship. I love to see it. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Mike, real, real quick, where can we find you at, man? What kind of stuff are you putting together? You find me here. Uh, this is what I do. This is right where here. I live. <laughs> Wednesdays at eight here uh, at Daddy's Home FF on the Twitter. Always chopping it up with people there. Uh, at Join Our Circle underscores where you can find the whole gang. Follow everybody. Chase cooter the entire team's going to be there this is what we're doing bob i see in the chat he's lighting it up on the, over there as well doing our graphics so we're all taking off everybody at join our circle underscore is absolutely putting out fire content right now and that's where you find all my stuff as well where is bob's guitar and what is he referring to because our group chat went off today and i'm pretty sure i missed like 95 percent of, <laughs> of the, the chat is there a joke behind this what's going on he's an air guitarist now are you really Oh, man, we got to have him on the show. We got to have him on the show and play some air guitar. <laughs> and of course, we have at the bottom of the screen Cooter Doodle over there. What's going on, Cooter? Our brand new co host on Wednesday nights for us. We need somebody to keep us in line. So we brought on Cooter Doodle to be that person. What's yeah, up? Yeah, I'm Cooter? glad to be back, guys. I'm excited to have Anthony on. Ready to learn. I have a few takes, but I'm really just here to learn from you guys, too. 
Dude, absolutely. I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm stoked to do this episode. So, Mike, what do we got lined up for this show tonight? What do we expect to, to hear from your beautiful lips? You know how this works. We do it the same way every week. We're going to do a quick recap of week 12. You're going to have to forgive me. I might go a little longer than usual on week 12. Say a little fun with one of my oh, takes. God, no. You know it's coming. Yo, I don't care. You can leave all you want. This is happening. Um, post waiver wire ads. So we're looking at those people that are trending down on sleepers. Some people that are doing some panic drops. One bad week. You know how it is. Around this time of year, people get real nervous and start dropping people they probably shouldn't have. We're looking at your smash play and the flex and then your starts outside the consensus top 20 running back and wide receiver top 15 quarterback and tight ends for the week 13 slate did absolutely love it i'm very very excited to get this episode kicked off because there's a lot of value to be had there's a lot of mistakes being made and this week we didn't have dfs we didn't have dfs tomorrow night I don't have a show to do you know for tomorrow night right so i actually got to spend some time and dive into this episode and dive into Mike's show notes and actually take some time so I can dominate this show on Wednesday night up against you two. Cannot mm. wait. And of course, Anthony in there will be the ref for this show. But Anthony, are you ready for this, man? Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to kick it off with our sponsor of our show, Mike? Absolutely. Come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in the respective sport. You can choose 10 out of the top 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Use promo code CIRCLE when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant match bonus of up to $50 on your first deposit of 20 or more. So you put in 20, they're going to give you 40. Put in 30, they're going to give you 60. All the way to 50, they're going to match it to 100. So download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Yeah, let's prop up, guys. No. Thrive is actually really cool. Like, it's just a different way to do things. And it's actually really awesome. You know, being in Virginia, I'm not allowed to do it, but I still go check out the contest because I get questions about it all the time. And it is so easy. Like, I wish I could actually go out there and build a lineup, but I can't because I'm in freaking stupid Virginia. So, Mike, we might actually have to do something. You're, you're allowed to use it up there, right? Uh, yeah, I, I am. We might have to put some money together in a pot and, and figure this out and figure out the ways we want to go. But yeah, I'm excited. So let's go ahead and kick off this episode with our first section, Mike. Hit it. Oh, do I get to do it this time? This is great. This is great. <laughs> um, this is my favorite part because we're going to recap last week. And we had some good calls. I mean, we always do. We have some good calls. But the best call, the best call was David Montgomery. Literally the first time this man touched the ball, I could feel Chase's soul leaving his body, knowing that loss was coming. He went for 53 on the first touch. He went over 140. (laughs) He was your running back six. ESPN had him at running back 29. I told you to smash him in your lineup. Chase told you not to. You know who to listen to. You've been doing this long enough with me. You know how we do it. And I gave you the running back six from a person that ESPN was saying, don't even start this week. Absolutely dominated that Swiss cheese Packers defense and went off as expected. Whatever. I can't. I can't do it. He went up against third string guys at the tail end of the game. Like they were throwing him backups. I can't. I can't. I'm done with you guys. I can't. Nobody likes a sore loser, Chase. Nobody. I'm, uh, I'm taking it. I'm trying to take it at least. It's 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 painful. Cooter, how'd your tight end do? 
Uh, my tight end did all right. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous because uh, facing Cincinnati, they had been pretty good against the tight ends, but I'd called Logan Thomas and uh, he, he didn't do terrible, you know? Um, but I wanted to go back to the David Montgomery call there. So my husband. Okay. Her husband. I don't did know you, what happened. Did you pause her because you're pissed oh, off? With no. Montgomery? You're Am I waiting to hear you. Okay. My husband, I dropped Montgomery. I was pissed. Someone picked him up, traded him to my husband. And I just dogged my husband for the whole week about the trade. Montgomery won him the week. He won it for him. So mm. I'm glad there you it is. The yeah. um, <laughs> next up, uh, we had Devonte Parker. We talked about smash matchup. Uh, Fitz just wouldn't stop looking his way. It was beautiful. Duke Johnson against the Lions defense, who gives up a ton in the air. And Naeem Hines throwing it up there, making his presence known. Surprisingly enough, uh, shout out to Troy King for this one. He is the running back 16 on the year in PPR. Uh, slowly creeping up, making things work. Uh, on the bad, we missed on both tight ends, Reed and Aikens. Uh, Reed didn't get many targets. Aikens couldn't catch his. Jared Goff was garbage, as was Antonio Brown. So we live and we learn a pretty good week though. We gave you some pretty smash plays. Hopefully you got that W as we come into playoff time, man, we're over there and Anthony's just looking so lonely down there in the bottom part, you know, like this is how the show starts out, but I promise you, we get you more involved because we get these questions in, right? We get these questions in from Facebook. We get them in from Periscope. We get them in from YouTube, right? And we have to answer these questions for our listeners. So we're going to start this one out. Tyler Cummings wants to know, 0.5 PPR, need a flex, Mims or Acres. Also, Goddard or Ingram. So, guess what? You get the first one, Nate. I mean, you get the first one, Anthony. What you got? So, Mims or, or Cam Acres. I, I think I'm going to go to the Cam Acres side. I always favor the running backs, especially. Uh, he's been coming on lately. It, it seems like at one point this year was Darrell Henderson uh, leading that backfield, but Cam Akers is getting more and more involved. So I, I want Cam Akers in his upcoming matchup. And what was the tight ends? We had Goddard and what was the other one guy? Sorry, I'm not on the other side. Ingram. Evan Ingram. Um, I, I kind of like Dallas Goddard, even with Zach Ertz coming back. I, I think Ertz returning is actually going to help Dallas Goddard out because how many games have we seen Dallas Goddard be the guy in Philly and Richard Rogers uh, going off, not really going off, but still winding up with about 10 or 12 PPR points. Yeah. I mean, it's something as to where like they are actually double teaming. They're putting a linebacker underneath and a, a safety over top on Goddard. So Zach Ertz can only help. I actually do like Ertz coming back to kind of relieve some pressure, especially to have some, you know, first down opportunities, some, some breakaway, you know, run opportunities for Goddard to, to not be that featured person on the field, but yet still be that secondary option. You know, being the top option isn't always the best, especially with the schedule that they have. So I do like your pick on Goddard 100%. Although I am a fan of Evan Ingram, if he can actually catch the ball. I love Evan Ingram and he would have been my choice, but then Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy has me a little bit worried. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. What do you guys got over there? So I'm, I'm going the same uh, for me. Uh, I'm going acres and Goddard. And I think that acres realistically 
is that guy in those shallow redraft leagues that may still be out there. He has league winner written all over him. I think this is realistically a perfect scenario for him to start blowing up. He has a decent schedule throughout the playoffs. He's got the Patriots who are giving up a lot. As we know, they don't give up a lot of large runs, but they give up a ton of yards per carry. He has the Jets and then the Seahawks. I I love the matchups he has coming up. I love this kid. I love what he's showing, and I think he's beat out Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Hopefully whatever Malcolm Brown had on McVay is over because he's been shoving him in lineups forever. I absolutely love Akers to go as your league winner, and Goddard has a great matchup. Engram's got a decent matchup. Like I said, Colt McCoy, and you can't catch, so I'm out on him. So real quick, Heather, I want to give a shout out to Heather real quick because she just sent me a message saying, hey, you stop watching so much porn on your computer. You're lagging a little bit, right? Guys, you don't listen or you don't watch porn on your computer, your work computer. Okay, I save that for my phone. Okay, if my phone goes to shit, it's not that big of a deal. If my computer goes to shit, I lose everything on fantasy football. So if you do that much work on your on your computer, you always watch porn on your phone. You got to get a Kindle or something. Your phone is dangerous, man. You, you, need, you need something totally separate because when the porn bot starts stealing your identity, you don't want them calling people. Uh, so you need like a that porn machine. Sense. Yeah, a porn machine where nothing else is logged into. That's, that's actually how you do it. That's how, that's how professionals do it, at least. Chase, is that, why you never, is that why you never tweet when Montgomery's on the field? Your hands are busy? <laughs> I think so. I can't with you. I can't. Like, I can't. Oh my God. All right, Cooter, who do you have in this matchup? Or who do you have uh, in this, this, uh, this question, I should say? I was going to say, with it being point five, it's tricky for me. If it was full point PPR, I think I might go Mims. Um, but with being half point, I have to go Acres as well, I think. Um, I mean, he's not getting any receiving, so you're not getting the half points there. But I think he's going to get probably a good nine to 12 touches. So. Yeah, with me, Cam Akers scares the shit out of me. Like, 100%, Cam Akers is somebody that, you know, going into the fantasy playoffs isn't somebody that I want to touch. I mean, if we sit there, we look outside of his 58-yard run, where he got caught from behind, by the way. You know, he got ran down from behind by multiple players. It wasn't just one. He averaged less than three yards per carry on the remaining amount of his carries. Meanwhile, the, was it, the week before that, where he was kind of fantasy relevant, putting up 8.9 fantasy points, uh, you know, he punched in his only target inside or his only target period for what, four yards. Yeah. For a touchdown, his only target inside the red zone so far this season. So when we sit there and we look at Arizona, who's been good up against the running backs, New England's been okay. You know, he has a great matchup up against the jets, but then Seattle, although their rank shows, you know, differently to an extent, I I'm not a big fan of cam Akers. Meanwhile, Denzel Mims has like a sexy schedule. If I remember correctly, and, and I actually love him moving forward. So I'm somebody that's, that's actually getting the back of Denzel Mims on this one. I'm probably going to be out on that one. I am leaning more so Goddard than Evan Ingram because, I mean, let's be honest, guys. Like Eric Ebron and Evan Ingram are competing for the worst hands in the NFL in tight end history with, who was it, Winslow? Was it Kellen Wins- Winslow was like the, the drop master for yeah. the Jets back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, I'm liking Goddard. I'm, I'm leaning Goddard, but I am going to go Mims over Cam Akers. So I think when you talk Mims, especially coming up in the playoffs, one of the big things you want to look at is honestly, how did teams view Mims? Is he their wide receiver one on the outside or is Perryman? And the reason why that's going to make such a big difference is because you do have the Rams coming in week 15. 
And I'm trying to figure out, is Ramsey going to match up against somebody? Is he just going to play a side? Because if Ramsey is on Mims, let's face it, that kid's not seeing the ball all damn game. Plain and simple. He's not going to see a target if they put Ramsey on him. I think they might go Perryman, but that would scare me a little bit if I was starting Mims week 15. All right, so let's go ahead and let's start on this next section. Then we got another question coming up. So let's, uh, let's just at least introduce it, and then we'll answer a question, and then we'll go on to the next uh, next section. All right, so these are your panic drops, people that should be giving a look to. I, I don't understand how fantasy players can be so damn fickle, but the first drop we had was Derek Carr. Mm. Listen, we all wanted Carr to succeed. We all had him as a smash play. I don't know really anybody who was celebrating fading Derek Carr. Like, he was on everybody's radar. And now after one game, people are just throwing him to the side as if he's not a player in this league. It was one game, guys. And Derek Carr has been as steady as they come. He has a great schedule coming up other than the Colts. Starting this week, if you need to win in week 13, you just dropped a top 12 quarterback who has the New York Jets. That's just not a smart decision. He's a top stream option this week, should be on your roster. There is no way that I'm giving up on Derek Carr. I don't love the Colts matchup week 14, but then Chargers and Dolphins, not great matchups, but not awful. Derek Carr is a guy that if you're not looking great at the quarterback position is going to be solid. He's going to give you those points. So I don't see why people are panic dropping him, but I wouldn't be. Anthony, how do you feel about that? You know, I think people are overlooking the fact that the Falcons are four and two under Raheem Morris. And this defense is finally playing up to their potential. Um, the only two games that they lost, they were blown out a little bit by the Saints, and then they lost uh, to the Lions by one point. We're looking at a f- potentially five and one Falcons team with a pretty a lot of defensive talent, especially in that secondary. That's what shut down the Raiders and Derek Carr. Derek Carr gets the Jets this week. I don't know if he goes off, but he's not going to lose you the week either. You know, he's had five games this year with over twenty fantasy points. I feel like Derek Carr is like that guy that spends way more time in the film room than he does on the actual field, you know, running these practices, like getting comfortable with everything that's going on. We've seen him go off in matchups where, you know, he's faced the chiefs multiple times. He's, he's familiar with that, that defense and how it operates. So he's able to watch a little bit of game film and know where to go. You know, we've seen him go off up against defenses that essentially have the same secondary each and every week. However, I was sitting there looking into something. I need to do a little bit more research on this just to make sure that everything that I'm coming up with is correct. But whenever a secondary fluctuates and they don't have the same secondary going out every single week, he's had a little bit of an issue with that team. So in other words, he can't watch film on those guys because he doesn't know how they interact. And with the Atlanta Falcons, it's the perfect example because the Atlanta Falcons have been in and out with injuries this entire season. So I think this is something where he just didn't feel comfortable with everything that he saw in film and it never translated. Now, I might be correct on that. I might be completely wrong. Like I said, I need to dive a little bit deeper, but I, I ran over the topic, glossed over it, and that's where I feel like I'm not dropping Derek Carr, though. If you, I just, just to okay. add a point here, um, if you look at the teams that Derek Carr has played well against, they're actually the most talented defenses he's faced. Uh, New Orleans, if you look at what they're doing now, Kansas City twice. Buffalo is more of a boomer bust defense. And uh, again, Kansas City uh, was the second for the second time. And if you look at the defenses that he struggled against, Denver, you can light them up. He struggled against Atlanta. They weren't the best for a lot of the year. Uh, Carr had a big game against Tampa Bay. So he actually plays down to the competition. I'll take that. Can definitely roll with that. 
Could or, like, are you dropping yeah. Derek Carr or you, you feel well, good starting him? What I was going to say is I think it's just, we're in that point of the season when everyone is kind of impatient. And that's, if you're trying to win the championship, if you're in the playoffs, if you're about to be in the playoffs, you just can't be impatient right now. You can't go week to week on your emotions of like you're saying, you're just, he, he pissed you off this week, drop him. You just can't do that with any player this week. You got to look long-term, you know? Yeah. I like that. All right. So let's go ahead and answer a question real quick. Right, Mike? We can we can squeeze in a question real quick because we got a no, Facebook we, user over here. All right. Moster, Drake, Connor, Damien Harris, pick two PPR. Um, I'm going to start this out real quick, and I'm going to let you guys pick your guys first. But I want to start this out and preface this with Connor's dealt with some serious issues, and I was actually kind of uh, shocked when he decided to opt in for the season. Now, obviously, you know, they drafted a rookie. He didn't want a spot to be taken, but what was it? Uh, he, he dealt with lymphomas, correct? Uh, cancer essentially so this covid that he tested positive for could actually be a little bit longer lasting term effect while also the Steelers might be a little bit hesitant to just roll them back out there I mean they've dealt especially with um with the middle linebacker over there uh what's his name I'm I'm having a brain for it Shazier 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 they've dealt with like serious issues and I'm sure they don't want any more bad publicity when it comes to that. They're an organization that takes care of their players. So with that being said, I personally am going to take Connor out for at least a couple weeks until I see him get back on the field and operate in a high volume sense. Um, in addition with that, by the way, uh, James Connors touches in, in the running back touches as a whole for the Steelers have been way down. I didn't count how many touches they had this week, but they only had, was it at least 21 touches or more in three out of the past four contests or something on this line. So Connor for me is a, is a scratch, especially against Washington's defense. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with my gut and just say Mostert and Damian Harris are the two that stand out for me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that's the two I would go with. Anthony, you want to take this? Uh, who were the four again? We got Damian, Mostert, Connor, and who? Drake. Okay. So I, I definitely like uh, Kenya. I definitely like... Uh, Raheem Mostert going up against Buffalo. Buffalo is giving up the eighth most fantasy points to the running back position. And, and I think I'm in on Kenyon Drake, too. Uh, I don't trust Damian Harris. Back-to-back games with fewer than 14 carries and, and 50 yards. We're seeing James White vulture him. He did that twice uh, right around inside the five-yard line last week. Sony Michelle's back, so I'm a little low on Damian Harris. I, 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 same thing with James Conner. I don't know if we can trust him just yet. We need to see him do it. And that leaves Kenyon Drake, who's actually played really well in his uh, two or three games back from injury. So I'm in on those two guys. That scares me up against the Rams, man. Mike, what do you think? Man, this is a tough one. I think Mostert is the smash for all of us. Mostert's yeah. the guy I think that sticks out. He's the play out of this group. Man, I mean, by the way, I'm not saying you guys should eliminate Connor yourselves. I'm just giving you guys my point of view. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. That was just my point of view. No, so I, I like what you said about the COVID, but to be quite honest, I would have eliminated Connor anyway. I mean, the guy had about a total of 200 yards and no touchdowns in the four games he played before getting COVID. So this isn't a guy that I was looking to get in my lineup, regardless of being sick. Not to mention, we've seen how people have come back. I, I just don't think that this is a guy that I'm looking at for the rest of the year. Not to mention, you always want to be careful. 
focusing on a guy who the team has already clinched their spot. This is an 11 and 0 team. This is a team who has other options. I think if they work them back in, they're going to work them back in slowly And the first sign of trouble. And this is a guy who gets dinged up. I think he's coming out. I think they're looking at getting James Conner ready for the first week of the, the first round of yep. the playoffs more so than the end of the regular season. So I'm out on him all the way through the fantasy season, never mind just for this week. Uh, I am going to go with Harris on this one over wow. Drake. I I just can't get behind the fact that this sneaky suspicion that the team is going to go to Edmund sooner rather than later. <laughs> he is producing. We've been waiting for it and waiting for it. I just get nervous. And Drake, to me, his production is slow, so if he runs into a tough matchup like the Rams could be, I mean, this is a guy who just isn't doing it on a per-carry basis. He's doing it per volume. If he doesn't get in the end zone, you're looking at maybe eight points, not a ton in the passing game. I think he's too touchdown dependent against a team that's pretty damn stout in the red zone. Ooh, man, that's tough for me. So Damian Harris still ended up dominating the touches. I mean, the snaps, by the way. You know, even with James White having a better game overall. And when we talk about his games, he still put up at least 12 fantasy points in two of the past three. So up against the Chargers, who are just, they're getting way better in the secondary overall. You know, they're, they're a team that's becoming actually stout in the secondary, very similar to last year. I think that I have to go with the running backs. And, you know, all it takes is Damon Harris to bust off a few 10-yard runs, and all of a sudden Bill Belichick keeps playing him again. My issue is his red zone usage. But we still saw him get touches in the red zone this past week. He just wasn't able to break something. Up against the Chargers, I don't think they're going to deal with a stout defensive line. Um, so if he does get the red zone touches, because obviously Burkhead is not there, uh, you know, he's, he's going to score. I have to go Damien Harris. And then, of course, we already talked about Mostert being a lock. So, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead. And, Cooter, you already answered, correct? You already answered, correct? All right, cool. So let's go ahead and bounce over to our next guy that is getting dropped. Let's go ahead and run through this this next section a little bit. Not crazy, but. Yeah, so next drop we have is J.D. McKissick. Uh, I love Antonio Gibson. Love, love, love Antonio Gibson. But McKissick is still getting targeted. Chase brought up last week that this wasn't going to be the week for him, that they're not going to give up touches on in the air that's just not how the matchup was going to work but this is a volume guy this is a guy who's going to get catches the guy who's going to get opportunities who could you possibly have on your roster that you need that badly that you're giving up a potential six to nine target running back like jd mckissick i don't think he's the best running back Certainly not on his team. He might not even be the best running back on your fantasy roster, but volume is king this time of year. And we have the dump off king at quarterback and a high volume PPR running back in JD McKissick. He should not be on any waiver wires in PPR format. It is just foolish for a guy yeah. of this volume to be sitting on the waiver wire. I agree. I'm going to sit there and actually kind of break into this one because did you guys actually watch the game, the Steelers and Ravens game? Mm-mm. The one today? Yeah. Yeah. Did, a little did bit. you watch it, Anthony? A little bit, yeah. So I will say that Justice Hill, right, in the passing game looked amazing. He looked dynamic. He looked electric, right? He was setting people's faces on fire. He was quick. Uh, it was amazing. He was way better than J.D. McKissick is when it comes to open space and being able to make moves. But <clears throat> that's expected. He's a young guy. He's got some fresh legs underneath him. However, he still struggled to produce 
at a high level, even with the receptions that he got, because the Steelers defense is so great. And that's who Washington faces next week. Could he see eight targets and get six receptions? Sure. Sure. But we're talking maybe, you know, 40 yards top. I don't like that up against uh, the 49ers, right? The 49ers, they're great up against the running back overall. I, I have probably more faith and him putting up more points in this game versus the Steelers, but I don't love it. And then the Seahawks, they're great up against the running backs. You know, the only one that I actually like J.D. McKissick for over this final four weeks is the Panthers. You know, which, by the way, should be a Gibson game, not a J.D. McKissick game. So for me, I'm actually okay dropping J.D. McKissick, or at least, you know, in Dynasty Leagues, trying to find a trade partner that wants to make a run, even if I am making a run. I, dude, i trade him for a third-round pick, and I wouldn't even, you know, bat an eye. Anthony, like, how are you feeling about J.D. McKissick? Listen, I'm on the fence. I'm a J.D. McKissick guy. I was actually on the J.D. McKissick bandwagon this offseason. They prioritized his signing over Peyton Barber, and he was extremely cheap, a converted wide receiver in college. Uh, So he does a lot of the right things, really talented third down back. He's always going to have a role in this offense. But you look at the the past two games where McKissick, you know, he has back-to-back games, the Giants and and the Lions with 14-plus targets, and then now back-to-back games with – fewer than four targets. How much of McKissick's usage is game flow dependent? These two wins against Cincinnati and Dallas, you know, remember that Cincinnati game, Burrow went down, Washington controlled the game. We saw Peyton Barber get eight carries. Washington controlled the game against Dallas. We saw Peyton Barber get 10 carries. So I I think it's all going to be game flow. If Washington's trailing, we're going to see a lot of J.D. McKissick. But if they start playing these close games, uh, I, I think we see more Peyton Barber. The issue is it's generating enough points to actually play these close games, you know? So that is obviously a factor. But once again, I mean, even if you do get the targets, it's not like you're facing, you know, a, I don't even know, like a Detroit Lions defense or something where you can get six yards, eight yards on each reception from the running back, you know, even 10 yards. You're going to be seeing three or four yards in a lot of these matchups. And that's what makes it questionable for me. But anyways, Mike, go ahead and give us your next guy that you want to you know, make sure you don't drop off waivers. Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton dropping off waivers is just that's silly. That's nuts. I, I have no idea how that's happening. You're talking about the wide receiver one. Uh, we've already heard Daniel Jones looks like what a grade one hamstring is what I heard on yesterday's show with you and Steffi, um, which could be anywhere from tomorrow to four weeks from now. <laughs> I don't know how scientific that was. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, Darius Slayton is is still an explosive guy. He's still getting the targets. He's getting the snaps. Again, I'd love to see what these rosters look like. Maybe you're playing, a, you know, really shallow benches where you need someone you have to start every single week. But Darius Slayton is not a drop. He is absolutely a put on your bench while McCoy's there. But once Daniel Jones comes back, he's right back in your starting lineup. Kutter, do you want to do you want to let everybody know what your show notes were? In this um, for that for that topic because yeah. I laughed as soon as I saw it. <laughs> I mean, last week before I signed off, I kind of you know did a little circle jerk to the Giants, and it just didn't work out. It didn't work out, so that's my bad on you know Slayton. He didn't have a hot week, but I do want to give a quick shout out though to C dot uh, at C D O T F F. He posted some Corey. stats on he posted some stats on Sterling Shepard and Slayton, and look, I agree. Don't drop Slayton. But keep an eye out for Shepard because he said, despite playing four games less in 2020, Shepard has still had more receptions than Slate. 
So they're still trying to figure him out, I guess, in the offense and figure out what his place is. So don't drop him obviously yet. But um, I mean, I think Shepard's one of those guys that people forget about for some reason, I guess, cause he's older. I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, I have some home leagues where he's still out there. So he's one that I would go look for too. All right. You want to, or actually, I guess the last guy's, you know, my dude, right? Anthony, wait, did you put, have your input on this one? Sorry. But on, on Slayton, no, but, uh, you know, Slayton with the issues in, in New York right now with Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy, I don't know if you go ahead and drop Darius Slayton, but I think you stash him on the bench. Almost do what I was advising people do with your Cincinnati Bengals assets after Joe Burrow went down. Don't drop these players, bench them, and let's see how they do uh, and take that same approach with Colt McCoy. Don't start Darius Slayton, even against uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but you can certainly stash him for when Daniel Jones comes back. The Giants have a pretty favorable schedule down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy is a smart player, man. Like, I don't like forget. Colt McCoy. He beat Jason Garrett. He beat Jason Garrett at the Cowboys Stadium back yeah, in the I'm day. I'm a Cowboys fan, man. I know. <laughs> so you know. So Jason Garrett <laughs> brought him there to, to make sure he doesn't get beat by him again. But yeah, I mean, Colt McCoy, don't forget, like, Colt McCoy was a border around, like, or borderline First, second round pick, I think it was first round pick before he ended up getting his shoulder messed up in the championship game, I think it was. So Cole McCoy has the the mindset in order to succeed. Now he's a savvy veteran. I don't think he's as bad of an option as what people have led on. The issue was the game plan. Like when people sit there and you expect to be able to run the RPO with Daniel Jones, you can't do that with Colt McCoy. So you have to change up your entire playbook to fit his strengths. Right. And I used to compare, uh, who was it, uh, Blau, right? David Blau last year. It's like a little pistol pop gun, right? He could hit guys within 10 to 15 yards, like on a dime, the right timing and everything, right? And he, he could succeed with that. But once you started passing, you know, beyond 12 to 15, you know, 18 yards, he started messing up. The timing got off. I think that's where they're going to treat it, which makes me a little bit afraid of Slayton. But I still don't think you should drop him. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to my guy, and that's Benny Snow, and I don't, I don't get it. Guys, why are you all dropping Benny Snell? Uh, like, do you guys know why? Like, Anthony, do you have any? Do you have a take on why people are dropping Benny Snell right now? Like, they're I mean, actually dropping him prior to this this game that actually happened. Yeah. Oh, maybe be, if they're not going to use him in the matchup, it was a tough matchup against Baltimore. But I don't think you drop him, considering you know he's the one handcuff. Like, I don't like having pure handcuffs with not much standalone value in my fantasy roster. I think that's a wasted. Sp- bench space but when you're Benny Snell and James Conner has the erratic injury history that he does like he's an extremely valuable handcuff um, and and we're seeing James Conner out now Snell should be on all fantasy teams right now dude it's it's crazy this is handcuffing season I, I think people want like you know a lot of people love rookies I think they're wishing Anthony McFarlane into the lineup and he got a couple carries, but Benny Snell's the guy over there. And I don't even like mm-hmm. Benny Snell, although he has looked a little bit better. Not going to lie. He still didn't look great in this game, like from the eye test. But no, Benny Snell is like, like he is the handcuff. And this is cuffing season. This is when you need to make sure that you acquire these backups. Because if you have a guy that got you into the championship, like got you in the playoffs, you need their backup. Now, I'm not saying that every guy is the right person to own, right? Like we're not sitting there talking about Edo Smith or, or even to an extent, Brian Hill, although I still like Brian Hill, it's you know, like we're not talking about that situation. But for for Benny Snell, this is the guy to own in this backfield. If you own James Conner, you know, even if you 
you don't. But even if, especially if you own James Conner, he's a, a must own. And I don't understand the drop because you should be trying to cock block everybody else. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and fly through some of these questions because we got them backed up a little bit now. Um, sure. First one. Hey, Anthony, can you answer this first one for us? Do you see it up on the screen? <laughs> can I answer? No, I don't. <laughs> you don't see it up on the screen? It, it, oh. it's a, why does Mike look so hunky 24-7? I, I don't know. Mike, I, I, it's the Oreos, right? So yeah, I, I, I have a pretty solid diet of little Debbie's cakes and Oreos. Um, pretty solid skin routine. Occasionally, I use soap, and uh, <laughs> I, I stay out of the sun because I'm a degenerate and I'm mostly studying <laughs> fancy football matchups. Uh, so you know, not a lot of sunburns because I don't get out much. Uh, but I appreciate that, Miz. You know, I love you. One of my favorites, uh, my homie. Always loving the shout out. So always trying to look good for you, brother. Always. Oh, dude, absolutely. I got a hard on about. Probably a good three quarters of the show. Whenever Mike is talking, like <laughs> it, it goes to you know full full salute. My friend. It All happens. Right. So for real, Anthony, who you got? Taysom Hill, Atlanta, or Lamar Jackson versus Dallas? Wow. Um, I actually like the floor of Taysom Hill a little bit more, but it's Lamar Jackson. It's the Cowboys. I, I think the Ravens need a get right game. And this is going to be that get right game against my Cowboys. I love Lamar Jackson's ceiling and that's the way I'm going. What about you guys? Cooter, we'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing to win, you got to go Lamar because the defense is so bad with Dallas, but man with Taysom, I mean, we played Atlanta two weeks ago. That's his first game. Right. And, Sean's going to be pulling out some crazy plays. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Taysom has a few more rushing touchdowns again against Atlanta. So I don't know. Like I'd go with Anthony. If you need the floor, go Hill. If you need ceiling, go Lamar. Mike. Yeah, no, that's the perfect take. It comes down to how many points do you need? You need 12 to 15, put Taysom Hill in there. Cause you know, he's going to get mm-hmm. those. If you're looking for that 20 to 25, it all comes down to honesty. Who are you playing? How much do you need? If you need a blow up game, you're not getting that from Taysom Hill. You're really going to be capped at that. What was it? 22.5, I think is what he put up in the first Atlanta game, something like that. That's about as good as you're going to get from this guy. Uh, Where Lamar Jackson against Dallas could come back with that MVP view that you had before. I mean, he is a guy who at any point, I know we haven't seen it yet, but could just pop off. And I agree with Anthony. This is a get right game. This is a game that I think they're going to win. This is a game I think they're going to dominate. And I think this is a game where you can get your MVP right for the playoffs. And that's what I'd be doing. I'd be putting Lamar Jackson in every situation possible. This Baltimore is out of the playoffs. If the season ended today, it was the same story last week. They need to win a football game and they need to convince people that they're the still the same Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take that. So banged up Julio. If he plays or Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel's got a tough matchup this week, right? Wait, I think we actually talk about him. Don't we? We, mm-hmm. we do talk about him. Absolutely. Coming up soon. Yep. Debo Samuel has, has a great matchup. We'll talk about it in a bit. Hang all on. Right, let's bring that up. Let's bring that up in a little bit. So Facebook user, please stay tuned. We will cover your question here in a second. So let's hit this one because Kim, I love Kim. What's going on, Kim? How you doing? Gronk is on a buy. John, who is questionable. Should I drop Pittman and pick up Iseki PPR? I don't know why Pittman is after that. <laughs> um, so, Mike, I want you to start off with this because I feel like you you have this passion in your pants right now about Gusecki and how much you love him. 
I I could not hate an NFL player more than Mike Gusecki. I have been living off the tears of Gusecki truthers. It's literally been like gas in the tank for me. Uh, but two things here. Number one, Jonu Smith, ever since Tyler Lewin went down, Jonu Smith is borderline droppable. So I don't even care that he's questionable. I, I just don't like it. Gusecki does have the Bengals coming up. So it's a nice matchup. Just curb your enthusiasm. This is a guy who's only going to see two to four catches in the game, uh, but he could pop off for 40 yards and a touchdown. And as we found out with Logan Thomas this past week, that's good enough. Uh, so I don't hate the move. However, I'd be dropping John, who, believe it or not, not Gusecki in this position. Bro, mm-hmm. bro, John, who has not been the dust that you are speaking of. Mm-hmm. He's been no, right. He- he, yeah. yeah, but 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 hold on. Look at look at the team here. You have Gronk, right? This is playoff time. What the hell are you carrying a backup tenant for? You don't need one. True story. True how story. Much trust Gronk? How much do you trust Gronk? I know he had that nice game against Kansas City, but like how much do we trust Gronk moving forward? Right now I trust him a little more than Janu, just because what I'm seeing, you have Fersker running the patterns. You have Janu literally staying in to block. They're only looking at him, right? I mean, what are, what are his touchdowns? He had one catch for a touchdown. Then he had that little garbage, like one yard end around. Right. But that's all he's getting for. He's, for he's scored a touchdown in three out of his past four games. He completely blanked last week against the Colts, but that's the best tight end defense in the NFL. And he's never played well against the Colts in his career, except for that short touchdown run. I and, do have a now, John take later he, in this episode. John who gets the Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars in his next mm-hmm. two games. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, will, I would love anybody with Jacksonville. I'll give you that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it, and Cleveland, by the way, has been one of the worst they're, teams. Up they're giving up, Cleveland's given up the fifth most points in a tight end position. It, yeah, it's showing me third right here up against uh, in PPR lineups. But, yeah, okay. no, I, I like Johnny. We're going to talk about Johnny on my half a little bit here in a second. All right, well, well, you a little we'll bit go, here. We'll, we'll save that then because we have that little, uh, you know, hasn't had more than 60 yards since week three conversation we'll have later, I guess. i cannot wait for that like i cannot wait all right so let's go ahead and hop on to our next guy that we're talking about over here uh mike who is Uh, we're on we're on to our flex plays now so flex Flex plays going into week 13 who are the guys you should be smashing that maybe aren't necessarily in those top wide receiver one uh, running back one categories and the first one we're going to go back to back here Devontae parker is an absolute smash start this week absolute smash against the Bengals I really am hoping for Parker's sake that we have one more week without Tua I I know he's kind of 50-50 right now I like him with Tua but man do I love him with Fitzpatrick against the Bengals he will be a wide receiver one this week hey congratulations to fear to bear or fear the beard 22 uh he just clinched playoff spots tonight so congratulations yeah buddy Congrats. Uh, yeah, so, Parker, I'm hoping no one's arguing that. Parker's a smash like play. I love Parker moving forward with, with mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. So now let's go to our next guy because this does cover the Facebook users question. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and bring that Facebook users questions back up real quick um, while you read this off. Go ahead. So we talked about Debo Samuel and his matchup this week. He has Buffalo and Buffalo's strength is to the outside. Debo is going to line up all over the field. 
he's a guy who can exploit what Buffalo struggles with, which is covering the inside receiver, covering guys out of the slot. We've seen it across the board this year that Buffalo gets beat by the inside man not by the outside receiver. Debo's going to be doing that. Debo's going to be doing some end arounds. I think they're going to do everything they can to get the ball in his hands, and they're going to do everything they can to keep him moving across the field. So you're going to see them, even if they do put white on him, I think you're going to see some cross-ups. I think you're going to see some movement from him. You're going to see some pre-snap motions. But I think they're going to focus on Debo, and I absolutely love him this week against Buffalo. Did I just shut down the whole show with that one? <laughs> I saw Chase's lips move, but I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I think he might be muted. Somehow you're muted, bro. Oh, yeah. I went to go cough, and then I, I decided to <laughs> mute myself. And forgot to mute myself. That was brilliant by the host. Well, one of those. All right, Cooter, do you have a take uh, for Debo? Like, do you no. feel confident one way or the other? I mean, I'm, I've been one of those people for years that I've had Julio in at least one league, and he's one of those guys that – it's just unpredictable. So I feel like you have to go Samuel because you at least have some predictability with the situation where it's Julio could be just out there as a decoy when he's injured or he could go up for a big game. So I feel like I would have to go Samuel too. I feel like feel like Anthony over there was getting warmed up for his take. I saw him moving his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, what's, I, what's what's gonna be, I don't trust Julio Jones right now. And unless he is fully healthy and we know that, I don't think you can trust him to be out there. I know earlier in the year, D, uh, Julio Jones missed a game, then returned and really didn't play for that whole game, then missed the following week. Uh, so I'm going to fade Julio Jones this week. I like Debo Samuel, but I think with Brandon Ayu coming back, he was activated from the reserve COVID list. I think their ceilings could be capped. Mm. All right. So. Do you have a take on, on Debo's side, though? Like, are you thinking that Debo's a flex option this week? Or are you just fading him completely? Oh, no, no. Debo, you can play Debo. I'm playing Debo over Julio Jones, but I, I think I would temper expectations, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. So I pretty much agree with that. Like, I think that he's a flex play. I don't think he's a lock for a roster. You know, we sit there, we look at Tredavious White. And by the way, Debo actually does play the majority of snaps on the outside, but he still moves to the slot, just like Mike mentioned. So when it comes to White, I'm sitting there thinking that, that Travis White will cover him for the majority of the game, which I don't love. You know, Travis White, he's a smaller guy, but he's super quick. He's powerful for his size. He's pretty much the defensive version of Debo Samuel. Like if I could compare Debo Samuel to anybody on defense, it'd be Bob Sanders from like 2005 or something like that. And then we have Debo Samuel, or Debo Samuel, or I'm sorry, uh, Travis White. So I'm sitting there thinking that that Tre'Davious White could end up shutting him down in the snaps he does have, but all it takes Debo Samuel, you know, three or four carries, and, and he's locked to play. So yeah, let's go ahead and move on to. Wait, no, this. Is oh, you can't out. say it. Can you say no, it? So this is great. So every time we have a show, I give you that one play, that one guy, that one Wait, person it's X'd out. It's X'd that out. you can. I, I I wrote the show sheet and I own it. I I've actually it's, deleted there's the X'd a line out. through it. So, no, no, I, there's another line through it. This time. Okay, well that's been declined as well. Uh, so <laughs> I have absolutely always given you that one guy that pants off. Get him in your lineup. And this week, again. It's David Montgomery. David Montgomery showed you what he looks like as a beast, and he gets Detroit, who made 
Duke Johnson looked like an all-pro. Duke Johnson, who was averaging like 1.2 yards a carry going into the game, looked like hot garbage. People were dropping him left and right. It's Detroit. It is literally going to be a copycat of what you saw this week. David Montgomery is a running back one this week. Oh, that's that's big. That's big. <sighs> no comment. Hey, <laughs> hey, Anthony, you got some fangirls in, in the audience right now. Do I? Yeah, you see that? Dude, she's oh, hot too. Juan in the house. What's going on, Juan? We also have Taylor over there, too. What's going on, Taylor? He put together a great article. I read over it already. I cannot wait to see it when it comes out. All right. So, who is, I think we have what, one more person? Oh, no, No, we we got a few more. Listen, by the way, I'm with you on David Montgomery. We don't need to hear that. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Look at his remaining schedule. Detroit, I don't Houston, care about the Jacksonville, Green Bay. I actually like Mitchell Trubisky too. By the way, I called Trubisky last week on my show. Love it, league winners. We're going Chicago Bears, Anthony. We're riding them to the ship. That's what we're going to do here. And I'm, I'm the biggest. I, like, I, I don't have ever have anything good to say about Montgomery or Trubisky, but their, their, their schedule's outstanding. I can't with you guys. And really, the the only two games this year where uh, Chicago has scored like over 23 points, Trubisky was a starter last week, and then earlier in the year there was one game where they put up like 25 or 26. All right, so this is the Chase Vernon <laughs> show from here on out. <laughs> I'm going to take me off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so All right. moving on, so, we have Mike's that, favorite player up next. That's nope, all we, we have. have. Nope, we no, have Mike's favorite player up next. Nope, because this is Cooter's time. Cooter Look. is a co-host. She gets to talk to. Look, who do you like? I don't have much to say. All I know is Cincinnati sucks a big D. Jacecki's going against them. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good. <laughs> Mike left. I <laughs> kicked them out. I think it's going to be a week for Jacecki. I really do. Um, I mean. My two guys that I'm high on that I thought. He muted you. He flat out muted you. <laughs> Mike learns from the best. It's okay. It's all right. I understand he has, he, his heart hurts when he hears the name. But it's just one of those things. I just think he's going to have a good week. I don't think he's the best player in the world. But it's just when you're going against Cincinnati, what are you going to do, man? You got to pick some of those players. And I think he's going to be one of those guys. Mm. No, so what do you think? At least like six touchdowns this game, right? At least six. I, look, if you have PPR, I think he's going to give you, he could get you 10 points. And from a tight end, that's pretty decent. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're good if you can get that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be far less than what Monty's going to give you. But yeah, I mean, whatever. He's fine. Monty, yeah. trash. All right. Who's your next person? <laughs> who's your next person over there? Um, I also was talking about Hines. I just think Naeem Hines. I, so look, if you look at the stats, he's on the field more than Taylor. He's getting. Don't you do it? She Don't froze right about the time she was going to say, "I made a mistake," and Jonathan Taylor's to play. Wait for it. Why is back. my internet? Your internet is slower than Heinz. All right, so I'm going to take this over for her, but I'm actually going to make a counter argument. Uh, she thinks that Hines could absolutely go off up against the Texans, who, by the way, aren't good up against pass catch running backs. But I honestly feel like it is a week where Jonathan Taylor is going to go off. Wait, could are you back with us? I don't know. Can you hear me? I have no idea. Yep, we're good. We're good. Okay, I was just going to say it's just no clear pattern with Hines and Taylor. Like 
it's not like one's going to have a good week and one has a bad week. There, Hines is on the field more. He gets more receptions. If he can get a couple touchdowns, I, I don't know. I'm into Hines. He's the one I'm picking. Is Anthony asleep right now? I'm here. I'm awake. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you're looking down and you're reading stuff, but since you're looking down, it looks like your eyes are closed. It was really <laughs> funny looking because you did not move. You looked like you were frozen like Cooter was. No, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas over there is, is absolutely the smash play. Um, like he, he's, it's his time. He's coming off pretty much like a bye week essentially. And I like, I, I hated Naomi Hines. And, you know, by the way, a huge shout out to Troy, Troy King over there. Cause you know, I was like, wait, I'd rather have Boston Scott over Naeem Hines, hands down. Obviously that's not what happened after Marlon Mack went down. I'm dead wrong, but I do like Naeem Hines. I just don't know if I like him that much this week coming up. The, the Texans are just a decimated team. Their, their feelings are hurt. They were on the way up. Everything was working out so well. And then they lose their top wide receiver and top corner to PEDs, which who knows what's going on with that. You know, did but, you see what Adrian Peterson did to the Texans on Thanksgiving? I think this Jonathan Taylor, this is a big time Jonathan Taylor game. Jonathan Taylor had 22 for 90 uh, and then four for 24 against Green Bay a week 11. Everybody goes off against Green Bay and everybody goes off against Houston. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a big week. Yep. So screw you, nine months. But no, I don't understand why Cooter is going. We'll see. We'll see. Oh God, I cannot wait till she ends up throwing a David Montgomery party, aka nine Hines party, on our faces next (laughs) week. It's gonna happen. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and and let's knock out some of these listener questions. All right. All right. I'm on our private thing where Cooter Dill said sorry. So let me go scroll back up to where we're at. Um, let's go to, let's see, Tyler Cummings. I don't think this is a question, but how do you guys feel about Aaron Jones? You know, obviously Williams got 47% of the snaps, but anytime that the Green Bay Packers are up big, they let Aaron Jones sit and rest. So is Aaron Jones, somebody you feel comfortable starting the rest of the season or what's going on with him? I think so. I mean, if I had him, I'm not sitting him. I'm never going to sit him. His schedule spectacular, spectacular. He is a league winner this year. Who do you guys like more? This is a good question right here. Who do you guys like more? Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones the rest of the year? Aaron Jones by a country mile. I was going to say Aaron Jones, absolutely. And that's from a Saints fan, Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm also in on Aaron Jones. You know, he has a great schedule. And if you look at the past two games, he hasn't really shown up. It was Indianapolis and Chicago a few weeks ago, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, really tough defenses to run against. Now you have Philly, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee coming up. I love Aaron Jones the rest of the way. And guys, the Saints are not using Kamara the same. They're just not. If you look at the last two weeks with Taysom, his snap counts have dropped and Latavius is through the roof. And I just think they have... Yeah, he's a better pass protector, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. So let's go ahead and hop on to Hill when it comes to Brian Hill, that is. We'll wait and see what's up with Gurley. I, so Brian Hill has this tendency, right, where he goes off and he absolutely smashes faces. And then he also has tendencies as to where he doesn't perform. So is this something as to where we want Hill to go off or we think Hill is going to go off? And are we afraid of Edo Smith? Because Edo Smith does this to all the running backs over there for, for Atlanta over the what past three years now where he just ruins it. Uh, Anthony, do you want to start with, with this question over here? 
Are we talking about this week or rest of the season? I'm sure because he's saying hang on to Hill for this week and probably I, play him. They're playing the Saints, and the Saints defense in the past month have given up fewer than 13 points a game, including three games in a single digits. They're right around 75, 76 rushing yards per game. I believe that's best in the league. I want nothing to do with any Atlanta running back this week. I couldn't agree more. You guys have anything to add to that? No, I want nothing to do with any Falcons, period. So it's a good call. All right, let's <laughs> knock out. Let's see. Let's knock out three more of this. Uh, Garrett, we'll stop at Gary's question. So everything before Gary's question, let's knock this yeah. out. All right, pick one. PPR, Hawkinson, Andrews, or Goddard. I think the Galladay's still out another week. I really like Hawkinson. Like, Hawkinson's an absolute monster. And they got Bevel taking over this offense. He's like, I just want to go out there and have fun. Dude, when <laughs> Bevel says that, Bevel, who is one of the biggest offense coordinators when it comes to adjusted yards per attempt uh, when it comes to the quarterback position he has been he's been like in the top three over the past 15 years or so at least 10 years minimum whenever bevel says i just want my offense to go have fun i get i get a little bit antsy like i get a little bit excited and i i might have to exit off the screen and go change my pants so <laughs> yeah i mean you know hawk is my tight end too so i'm an easy one hawk by by a considerable amount Oh, oh God. Oh God. Oh, sorry guys. That's <laughs> thought I needed to. Anthony, you got a yeah, take on this? I'm definitely in on TJ Hawkinson. The Bears, their defense is really, really good, but they cannot stop or contain any tight end. Robert Tanyan had a monster game last week. Uh they're giving up the six most fantasy points per game. Uh Hawkinson by a mile. Cooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd go Hawkinson, but it's between him or Godert. I, I just can't trust Andrews at this point. And Andrews is on a COVID list. We don't know if he's going no, to be he? activated. Yes. Yep, and he was yeah. actually a positive, if I remember correctly. It wasn't in contact. 17 million other Ravens. Well, you guys just picked yeah. Lamar Jackson earlier, so I don't even want to hear it. All right, on to Monty. Chark in the flex this week. I don't You're think Chark I think Chark is out. It, no, it's Judd. It's Judd, man. I love Judd. All right. So you guys go to Scotty Quicks, right? He he runs this trivia, which I don't even know if he's doing it anymore because of unknown reasons, which I actually do know the reason. But uh, yeah, no. Love you, Judd, man. Thanks for tuning in the show if you're still here with us. But yeah, so I Just don't know. Say it, Chase. Say Shark it. Plays it, this it. week. It doesn't matter. Just say it. It's the running back one you want. I love you how Chase is just like. One. Say it. Chase is like, there's two options. I don't know if one's going to be Colin there. Johnson. So just put it together. <laughs> David Montgomery is a smash play this week. John, don't listen to Chase. He's biased. This is an easy one. Monty has to be in your lineup. There is nobody you're going to find on the waiver that'll be even close to the production of David Montgomery this week. Oh, God, that was a while ago. All right, so, oh, man. Hey, if you guys want to hop on to the – or, Mike, if you want to hop on this, this screen sharing for the ones that aren't questions – Make sure you share them uh, while I'm talking. We got it. So let's go ahead and does that finish that out? Yeah. So let's go ahead and do our Trophy Smack promo, right? Because Trophy Smack is also one of our sponsors. Listen, this is that time of year, right? Where you are going to win your fantasy championship. And all it takes is maybe you and, and one of the person's entries, right? To not only like win cash, but to also be able to purchase the trophy so you can beat your league mates over the head with it. And when it comes to quality of weapons, Trophy Smack gives you that quality. I mean, like when we talk about overall weight, right? When we talk about size, 
you know, size matters, weight matters. It's like, and you want to throw it around. You just want to literally just, you know, take it in one hand and just whip that shit wherever you decide to whip it. Trophysmack.com is the answer. And when you use promo code circle at trophysmack.com and you purchase that giant piece of equipment that you want to throw all around the place, right? You just want to whip it around. You want to show everybody else in your league who actually has that big trophy. Trophysmack.com is the one you enter in promo code circle and you get a ring. You get a ring and you give it to the, the wimpiest person in the room. The only person that would ever wear a ring, the person that is the loser that you get that ring, which is valued at 60 bucks for free Trophysmack.com. Use promo code circle and whip that equipment around. That was just off the cuff. I had no idea what I was saying. Did it make sense? <laughs> sense at all? It sounded sexual. That's all I know. It sounded very sexual. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. So, Mike, what's up, man? Let's go ahead and and give us your take. Our takes now are going to be out about guys outside the top twenty running back and wide receiver, top 15 quarterback and tight end that have a chance to finish top 12 at their position and why we're going to jump right into the quarterbacks. And the guy I'm starting out with is Baker Mayfield. And I am not a Mayfield fan. He's looked better as late. He is getting a Tennessee defense that ranks 28th in fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. He's all of a sudden figured out that Jarvis Landry is a solid wide receiver. He's going to him. And if he could make a throw that a junior high kid could have made to Rashard Higgins, he has another touchdown, has a QB one smash week. I think he does it again this week. I, I love him as a play, not as a player. So don't go on Twitter saying Mike loves. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> um, but for this week and this week alone, I love him as a smash play. This is weird. The dude that always asks us this question is not here for the first time ever on one of our live shows. Baker G when we're finally talking about it. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? This is the first episode he has not been on. And I'm talking about DFS episode. I'm talking about eight episodes a week. This is the first one that he's not on. Are you kidding me right now? This is absolutely insane. Like, I, I want to go look his stuff up on Facebook and do it, but I don't have time. But are you kidding me? This is insane. Mike, you know what I've been going through with this. Oh, I know. Every show. So, yeah, this was the this was the week for Faker G, homie. God, man, this is funny as shit. All right. <laughs> he might have dropped him. That's why he's not on the show. Today. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, who you got? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. I mean, he's not known as Thick Patrick. It's magic for no reason. He's had multiple games i think like five out of eight with two or more touchdowns over 300 yards he's had a few games and that's this week is against cincinnati so as long as Tua's not playing which i know that's still kind of up in the air he's going to be my pick hey anthony did you get a did you get a player that you wanted to pick uh no but i can speak to one of yours though okay give give me a second let me present mine and then you're going to be all you're going to be the judge you're going to be the judge and the jury, and whatever the hell I guess other one is. All right, so uh, Philip Rivers, and I hate him after what he did to Pittman last week. I mean, I hate him. Like, you don't treat Pittman like that. Pittman is Pittman's a national gem. Pittman is my baby, and you just treat him like shit with your inaccurate targets, and I hate you for it. But, <laughs> God, man, I, I hate Rivers right now. I didn't like Rivers, but Rivers is finished with multiple touchdowns and a top 10 quarterback performance for He's going to at least for the fifth time in seven weeks. That's crazy, right? Like thinking about Philip Rivers, even with the even with the Chargers over the past few years, 
he didn't have that many top 10 finishes when it came to percentage wise. So yeah, he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback with over 20 fantasy points this week for the fifth time in seven weeks. What you got, Anthony, you're the judge. Who's going to win this one? You know, I don't trust Baker Mayfield and I love the matchup, but this is going to be a game that's going to be controlled by running backs on both sides. Uh, I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot too, but I think I'm going to also go with you and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers could have a big-time game. I don't put last week's loss to Tennessee on Phillip Rivers. I more or less put that on the fact that Jonathan Taylor was not in that game. He is still their best pure running back, even though he's not killing it for fantasy. He's still a chain mover for the Colts, and they were missing him. Jordan Wilkins is not the guy, and Naheem Hines is really a primary receiver out of the backfield. Houston gives up a ton of production to the quarterbacks and Philip Rivers is going to be a top 12 guy this week. All right. So real quick, let's go ahead and hop on another question. Cause we had to have questions piled towards the town in this episode. I want to make sure we answer these best defense to stream for the playoffs. Also full PPR for week 13. Uh, pick three, Connor, Mostert, Miles Sanders, Brandon cooks, Monty Landry. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Uh, and he needs at least one running back for this. Now, do you guys have any insight on the best defenses going forward? I mean, I know Washington has a good one, but I'm not, I don't have the streaming defenses for the playoff schedule. I don't pay that much attention to the defenses overall up until it comes to matchups. Um, look at the Saints. We have streaming options, keep in mind. Uh, I mean, the Saints, uh, they could be on waivers because they were they? terrible. They were bad earlier in the year. Yeah. And okay, cool. It's in the past month, they're playing like they're the best defense in the league. You got Atlanta, Philadelphia. KC is going to be a rough one. Uh, I, I think they can control Minnesota a little bit. I love the Saints. You, you brought up Washington. I don't trust Cleveland. A lot of people are right on the Browns. I don't trust them. Yeah, they've been a little bit hot as of late, but uh, do you guys have any other input on the defense? You guys want to hop on to the guys to pick for week 13? Yeah, I mean, let, let's go to week 13. I, I'm, I'm just not a defensive guy, just to be blunt. So right. I would hate Connor's to out. Connor's out most of it. So mm-hmm. we need to pick two. One of them needs to be a running back. Brandon Cooks, I think, is a smash. Yeah, I like Cooks. Monty. Uh, get Monty out of here. Monty. I think I'd actually lean. I think I'm going to lean um, Landry or Cup. Uh, both their matchups are sick, and Landry has been absolutely going nuts. What do you have this week? How many points did Landry have? Oh, he had a shit ton. <laughs> my, my official analysis was a shit ton for Landry. So you, we can actually go to two wide receivers on this. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, Landry, and Mostert. That's the answer. Get rid uh, of me, like Monty's out the window. Just give me Mon- Mon- throw Monty Mon- in the trash. Monty over Brandon Cooks, and it's not close. You're just being an asshole, though. <laughs> you're giving not. bad advice because you hate a human being. Hey, he's and the it's only hurtful. wide receiver. He is the only wide receiver over there for the Texans. And although, like, all right, listen, like, I understand Monty's matchups, and I don't hate Monty. Like, I think that he's probably going to be finished RB20 over the time that he had these easy-ass matchups until the rest of the season. Like, RB20 is still good, right? Like, that's still an RB2. I didn't, I'm not saying that, that Monty belongs like, you know, as RB48 or something like that. However, we know that he's going to end up having injury issues. We know that he's going to end up having bad offensive lines and tough matchups. This one's a little bit easier matchup. But Brandon Cooks could see 15 targets this week, minimum, in a game that they should be losing. He would probably, with his catch percentage, have at least 12 receptions. With those 12 receptions and his average depth of target, 
we're talking about close to 120 to 130 yards plus a touchdown. Is Monty going to put up 30 points in fantasy this week? No, he's going to put up 25. Okay. Brandon Cooks is going to put up 30. Anthony, All right. Do you have a take on this? Yeah, I'm going to go Mostert, Miles Sanders against Green Bay. And that rough defense, you got to start him. Um, And I like Monty a lot. I actually like Cup against Arizona. He's had back-to-back pretty, uh, I think, right around 12 to 14 PPR points against them. But, you know, Brandon Cooks is also alluring uh, out of opportunity. But I'm going to side with Monty. I like the running backs. No! I I think if you need a floor, go with Cooks. But I think Monty has a little bit more upside. God, that's never been said ever in the mm. history of fantasy football. That I has never it. been said where Cooks Listen, is you know what's going to happen. He's going to shit to bed this week. Just oh, to course, see yeah. that but look, but Mike's going to go out there and be like, look, full disclosure. Here's transparency. I messed up. And he's going to own it, and it'll be fine. That's what we do. <laughs> has that ever been said in fantasy? Brandon Cooks has the floor, while Montgomery <laughs> has the ceiling. Never. <laughs> Ceiling is the roof for Monty this week. I love it. <laughs> that is amazing. That's the craziest statement I've ever heard. And yet I can't. 2020. It's 2020. It is 2020. You are not lying, my friend. You are not lying. Um, so we're not leaving off this question until until Mike says it. So or off the statement. Nope. nope. Grab, <laughs> grab someone off waivers. Anyone. <laughs> All right. So going to the running back position in our smash, please. Uh, running back 24. Consensus running back 24 is Jonathan Taylor. That is an absolute joke. He's back from the COVID list. He gets a terrible Houston defense. Jordan Wilkins is banged up. This kid's going to see 25 touches. He's going to run rampant over this defense. He's going to prove that he is one of the top rookie talents coming out this year. He's going to have a monster game. I like him as a top 10 running back this week in the running back 24 slot on ESPN. Oh, yeah. So, oh man. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, we already talked about that mm-hmm. smash. Do we have anything else to add Jonathan Taylor? I don't think so. Other than he's the right choice, but yeah, go ahead. All right. You're on Cooter. Uh, I'm just going to keep going with my Saints boys. I just think Latavius, there's too much. I know you need three data points technically to have a pattern. We only have two right now with Taysom, but he's just on the upswing. He's had the highest snap percentages, the highest rushing attempts last week. He's been moving up with Taysom and Kamara's moving down. I just think it's another good week with him against Atlanta. Kudra brought up a really interesting point. This is definitely not for this show, but you know, she said two data points. And honestly, I, I think there, you know, you need three data points versus two. I want to be ahead of the curve. And if you pick up Latavius Murray, if you go trade for him, you know, that's ahead of the curve. And if you see consistency of our first two weeks and a trend happening, I know that you can end up, you know, getting your ass kicked in on that. But I love that that take of you actually putting your your gajones out there, Cooter, and, and going to Latavius Murray. We'll see what three. happens. But it's just it's just too consistent. And I I mean my husband, he's all about the Saints and he is always agreeing with this. And I don't know anything about like I formations or whatever. I don't know any of that stuff. He talks about it and he says that just Taysom can do more of what Kamara can do. So they need the guy that can just run it up the middle. They need the tough guy. And so that's Murray. And that's why he's on the field more with Taysom. And that's why he's getting the snaps and that's why he's getting the the attempts. And so I I don't think that's going to change with Taysom on the field. I think he's going to continue to be that big guy. And if you were able to get him a week or two ago, I think that was a steal and that could be a league winner potentially. I absolutely love it. 100% love it. 
Uh, mine, I don't know if you guys, like, did, did the O scare you guys off this or something? Like, because it said O next to his name, but J.K. Dobbins up against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Are you all kidding me right now? Like, I understand that it could be Ingram, but Ingram hasn't been seeing snaps. Dobbins is absolutely smashing stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's essentially a bye week for Dobbins. And now they have Dallas, who we already talked about, they're going to destroy. So not only is he going to get goal line opportunities, right? He, What are you doing with my... Like, I'm trying to read this and somebody's messing with the joke sheet. Um, no, I mean, although like Dallas is sitting there like, you know, with, with a position to fail epically, J.K. Dobbins is a rookie. He needs snaps. And so I'm sitting there looking at J.K. Dobbins as an absolute smash play. He's got 190 snaps compared to 110 from Edwards since I think it was like week seven. I don't think I actually confirmed that, but it was, you know, it, it's not even close over the past few weeks. And like with Ingram and his snap count, even while he was healthy, he just wasn't getting that snap count. In the past two games combined, when he saw at least 15 carries, or the past two games where he saw 15 carries, he averaged over six yards per carry. Um, that shit's a guarantee. And I don't guarantee a lot of stuff very often. Like I'm not the guy that's going to go out and say, hey, this guy is definitely going to perform, or this guy definitely isn't. Like there are guys that I like, there are guys that don't like. I give shit all the time, especially towards David Montgomery. I know he has advantageous matchups from time to time. But I don't guarantee you guys that Montgomery is going to shit the bed. I am guaranteeing you guys that J.K. Dobbins is going to be a top-end running back this upcoming week. He's a smash play. And outside of like Andy Disbella and Pippen, by the way, which I hit on one, I, I missed on the other. This is one of my only stamps of guarantees that I've given this entire season. I love, love, love J.K. Dobbins up against Dallas. So I saw him. I love him. Literally, the choice came down to Jordan Wilkins' heart and Mark Ingram is healthy. Had it been the other way around, that Dobbins. It was it was a coin flip to me. Explosive rookie running backs, smash smash matchups, both coming off uh, as you put it, a bye week essentially. Uh, love both of them, no no question about it. I, I think that Dobbins is up there. I went Taylor just because Ingram will eat a little more into Dobbins' workload than anyone else will into Taylor. That was the deciding factor, but it was literally that racer thing for me when I made my choice. All right, Anthony, what do you got? Listen, I already talked about Jonathan Taylor. absolutely love him this week. But J.K. Dobbins, the last time Ingram, Edwards, and Dobbins were all on the field together, J.K. Dobbins dominated, uh, you know, total yards, rushing yards, carries. He also scored. And and that was going to be his breakout game. Then he was placed on a COVID list. I think it happens against Dallas this week. And in terms of Latavius Murray versus Alvin Kamara, they both played 11 games. Latavius Murray has seven fewer carries and 34 fewer rushing yards uh, than Alvin Kamara. There's uses there all season long with Latavius Murray. The biggest difference is uh, Kamara has eight touchdowns to Latavius Murray's four, and obviously Kamara dominates the passing game. But Latavius Murray with Taysom Hill, like Cooter said, uh, he's the running back to have right now. Dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is the guy. Like, so which one, you think, no, which one do you think right now? Which one out of all these guys going to end up in the top 10 for next week? Jonathan Taylor. Oh, damn it. Damn I it. it. I love it. All right. So I got a little bit of rant to go on. So, Mike, if you want to go ahead and share some of these comments, because I have a little bit of a rant. You know, I actually had time today, like we talked about earlier in this episode, where I actually had time. Like, I don't have a Thursday 
show. Like I don't have a Thursday DFS episode. So I got to look through this, right? And I got to actually do some research on some of these guys that I like, you know, instead of just picking one during the show. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking through these guys and I'm trying to figure out exactly who I want to go with. And then I realized like you all have to be careful about rankings, these individual rankings when, when websites put them out. And I'm not sitting there. I'm not trying to call it any website individually. You know, I'm not trying to sit there and say that any website sucks versus another. But these experts, like, they don't actually take into account the fact that, hey, you can't put, you know, multiple players on the same exact team, you know, in the same one, unless they're going up against, let's just say, the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. So I sat there and I looked it up, right? And we went through it. And the Steelers up there, right? They have one player finishing as 16. They have another player finishing as 21. They have another player finishing as 23rd overall. Those are their numbers. We're looking at 19.6 fantasy points, 15.9, 14.3. That's 86 yards, five catches, and a touchdown. 49 yards, five catches, and a touchdown. 93 yards, five catches. No matter which way you twist it, like that's not going to happen. I mean, from the place like that we get our rankings, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about the Washington defense up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there's only a handful of receivers who actually achieved above their bottom-ranked guy, which is 14.3 fantasy points. There's only a handful of guys that have hit above that. Meanwhile, there are zero teams who have produced over two receivers that have put above 14.3 fantasy points. Zero. Zero teams have done that. Now they're predicting that three players, three, are going to put up over 14.3 fantasy points when it comes to the Steelers. That's not how the Steelers operate. I mean, we talk about Big Ben Ben stats. He's averaging 25.5 passing completions per game. Up against Washington, that could take a, a, a major drop. Washington's, the most amount of completions Washington has allowed so far this year is 26. 26. Big Ben's average is 25.5. So 26. That's going to drop. So let's just say that we take away three and a half passing attempts, right? Or passing completions. That leaves them at 22 completions in this show or uh, in this matchup. So when we sit there and we look at it, and I went over to Big Ben's stats, the experts agree. Like Big Ben is not going to have a massive game. He's going to have a good game, but he's not going to have a massive game, right? He's going to finish overall as QB 10. So, by the way, I took the wide receiver stats from, from week 10 just to make sure I had a comparison, and I used the quarterback stats from week 10. Week 10 was Teddy Bridgewater, where he finished with two passing touchdowns and 136 yards with one interception. He did end up having a 16 rushing yard touchdown with the touch, uh, a 16 yard rush with the touchdown. But yeah, I mean, let's just say that we throw that touchdown over to the passing side and we add those yards onto the passing side. That's still, what, 152 yards and three passing touchdowns? That's not enough to support three top 25 wide receivers. It blows my mind because the fact that we sit there, we look at, he still has to complete passes to other players. We saw how much Eric Ebron tonight was an impact. We saw how much Washington was an impact tonight. We even saw what Ray Ray McLeod, he was an impact tonight. And the fact that they have pass catching running backs, as we saw Benny Snell, as we saw with, uh, with the rookie. Like, this is something as to where, like, this is not going to be a heavy wide receiver game where you can play a bunch of these assets. So we have to figure out from the Steelers side of things, 
Who was actually going to perform up against the number one ranked defense up against the wide receivers with Washington? So I know I'm kind of, you know, putting a, a pop quiz on you guys. Do you guys have a certain player, a certain wide receiver who's absolutely going to smash? Who's going to finish I mean, the top five wide receiver in this Pittsburgh game? Oh, in the Pittsburgh game? Pittsburgh and Washington. Your, your, your only real hope is Deontay Johnson. Uh, just based on volume, on volume alone, he's seen 10 plus targets every time he stays on the field and he's healthy. I Clay, Clay pulls your possible touchdown, but Deontay Johnson, when you look at a team that's shutting people down, your only hope becomes volume. Your only hope becomes a broken play and your odds of a broken play go up by opportunity. That's just how the odds are played. Uh, we talked about this a few times where this is an odds game. Like we had a lot of people asking me, should I play people on Monday night? Chase, you saw the tweet. Should I play people on Monday or should I wait until Wednesday? It's odds. The odds that Boston Scott went off on Monday night was lower than the odds of the game being played today on Wednesday. So if you're relying on Boston Scott to score more than eight points, you should wait till Wednesday. In this case, if you're playing the odds, basically you're looking for a lottery ticket when you go against a hot defense. And the more raffle tickets you have in the bowl, the more likely one gets pulled. And that's why Deontay is the only choice for me. Anthony, you got a take on this? Um, I'm just looking at the receivers who have recently did well against Washington. We saw Amari Cooper uh, on the outside have a big game the week before that, I believe, uh, was against Cincinnati. And we saw Tyler Boyd out of the slot go 9 for 85. A.J. Green got into the end zone for the first time uh, more on the outside. I'm going to go with uh, Deontay Johnson as well. Uh, he gets a lot of targets from Ben Roethlisberger, and it seems like the player who gets the most targets, even going back to Detroit in Week 10, 8 for 10 for 96 in a touchdown, that's the player that usually does well. Uh, the, the Washington D, the secondary is not infallible. You can get production against them, but like you guys said, it's not going to come from three or four guys. It's really going to come from one guy. Yeah, is this something could us like to where you feel comfortable playing three of these wide receivers, like any three, and just want to roll all of them out or any of them out? The or only you week one guy. Ebron might the be the only guy. week that they did that was against Cincinnati. I think it was. They had all had touchdowns, multiple touchdowns, all had tons of yards. And I think that was the one week. I mean, it's it's really just you gotta roll the dice with it. And I like what Anthony and Mike are saying with you know the volume with Deontay. Otherwise, you can't roll. Two or three of them. I mean, it's it's just really going to have to be one. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta take your lottery shot on that one. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are going to dive into this, but before we do, um, let's answer a question, and then we'll we'll hammer this episode out to to finish it. Okay, we've got Kyler Murray this week up against Ram. Or wait, yeah, do I start Kyler Murray this week or Rams defense? Wait, I'm thinking he's being up against Rams defense, against, right? Yeah. Um. My other QB options are Rivers and Mayfield. I also have the Bills defense. I think he's asking Murray or sit Murray and play the Rams or start Murray and start the Bills. I think you can still get value out of both. Like, you know, they could have interception returns for touchdowns, which is normally what I look for defense-wise. Like, I like having consistency in my season-long leagues, but if I'm trying to win a championship, I don't mind playing defenses – 
against a Jameis Winston-led, you know, offense where he could put up three touchdowns, but he could also put up three interceptions, two of them mm-hmm. being touchdowns as well. So I guess this is something as to where, hey, he wants to be safe. So he doesn't want to play, you know, the Rams get destroyed, but he also doesn't want to play, you know, I guess uh, uh, Kyler Murray and, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the Rams defense and then Kyler Murray get destroyed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm playing the Bills anyway against the Niners. Uh, Nick Mullins, I just think the turnovers are going to be there. Uh, although I wouldn't be nervous because Kyler Murray gets sacked a lot, and it doesn't hurt you in fantasy. So him getting sacked, unless you're playing in the fishbowl, isn't a negative for you, but he will take sacks. It's just what he does. He tries to extend the plays too much. However, in this particular instance, I just like the Bills defense over the Rams anyway. Uh, just because of the matchup. Nick Mullins is straight trash, so I'd be playing them regardless, but not because I'm starting Kyla Murray, who I am out of these three, even though we just talked up Rivers and Mayfield. Don't get it confused. We have yeah. to pick people outside the top 15. We don't get to pick studs. Uh, so Kyla Murray and the Bills are a play for me, but not for the reasons why the user's asking, just because I think the Bills are a better play this week. Yep, I agree. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into these. Wait, yeah, we're Anthony, losing people. Good, Anthony. I like. I, I would start Kyler, and I would start the Rams defense. The last time Kyler played the Rams, December 29th of last season, he had over 21 fantasy points, but he also had two interceptions in that game and two career games against the Rams, three total picks. Uh, I, I think Kyler can have a big game, and, and I also think, uh, like you, like one of you guys said, that uh, the Rams defense can also give you some production. They could get to him. Aaron Donald's having an awesome year. Uh, I think they pick him off at at least once, and and I think the Rams have a safer floor. I get what you're saying with Buffalo against San Francisco. Buffalo's defense is extremely suspect, and I think Kyler Murray is going to control the t- Kyle Shanahan is going to control the tempo of that game and run the ball down their throats. All right, so they're going to protect Nick Mullins. They yeah. they have to, yeah, because you let him loose, he's going to make mistakes. All, All right, right, let's so- go ahead and hop into these wide receivers real quick. Yeah, I was trying to burn burn through these last two. I know we're running over, and I know Anthony needs his sleep, as we found out from earlier times. I want to make sure we get you to bed early, my friend. Um, Wide receivers, I'm going to stack with my quarterback. I'm going to go Jarvis Landry. Look like old juice. He's been going off. Has a great matchup, as we talked about earlier. Went for uh, 11 for 149 in the touchdown. I, I wouldn't expect that level of production. That was a special game. Uh, but I could see an 8 for 90 type game from Landry. That's what you're used to. Uh, from a wide receiver, 29, I believe he is, if I'm not mistaken, this week. Wide receiver, 29. That's an easy play for me, and I love the stack with Baker this week. Yeah, I dude, him and Tyler Boyd are kind of baffling. Like, they're what, 28th and 29th back-to-back? That makes no sense to me. I understand that Boyd has a new quarterback and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to Cooter Doodles with her wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, just like he's saying, Jarvis Landry looks like himself now. Well, guess what? Last week, that was against the Jaguars defense, and this week, Justin Jefferson gets them. So I think that's the... Yeah, it's almost like the same exact you know situation over there. Like, it's almost identical because of the fact that Guess what? It's Stefanski, and he's bringing that same offense over. So Justin Jefferson is pretty much playing that Jarvis Landry role. And guess what? Justin Jefferson had three touchdowns in the last two games, 92% yep. snap percentage. Oh, good. Are you back with us? Yeah, sorry. My, ever since yeah, the go. Hurricanes, internet sucks. Big one. But um, so, yeah. 
We lost Jacksonville defense is absurd. It's a lot of absurd amount of points. So, so um, here's the here's the difference though between the two is Thielen's back. Thielen yeah, Thielen is a different target. Oh, I have no doubt. But what I'm saying is, when you look at what Landry did, he was the number one option, the clear cut number one option. Sure. Look at what Thielen did the game before he went out with COVID. He went off. Absolutely off. So while I like the call of Jefferson, you do run the risk that it seems like you're getting one or the other each week. And let's face it, Thielen can get loose against the Jags just as easy as Jefferson can. So I just think you run that little bit of a risk that you're not going to see the target share that Landry's going to see. I think that's the difference between the two. Don't dislike the take. I just want to temper it a little bit with Thielen coming back and potentially taking over that role. So I will bet you that one of the Vikings wide receivers outscores Jarvis Landry. I'm just not sure which one. I had somebody. I had somebody that was absolutely willing to smash home. And I went on a rant as I was doing my research and I completely forgot who it was like, fuck me. Right. So I, I'm going to go with Lazard up against the Eagles. It wasn't Lazard. I promise you that you you're better than that, but go ahead. It, I like, wait, you don't like Lazard. I love Lazard, but I wanted to pick one that was harder. I wanted to pick one that was more difficult, which is weird, by the way, that's really like, why is he not listed as a top 50 wide receiver. Anthony, can you answer why he's not lifted, listed as a top 50 wide receiver? Alan Lazard? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Philly is as bad as you think they are. Uh, their, their defense is kind of at least keeping them in games with all the mistakes that Carson Wentz is making. And Alan Lazard, four for six for 23 yards and a touchdown. I don't have a reason to put him in the top 50. So Chief, Wait, top 50? Like, what He's not going to pick your guy when when it comes to it. Just so you know, I'll sit back. Don't let you go. But Anthony's I mean, not back to back games. Robert Tanyan over fifteen PPR points. It, it seems like it's the Devontae Adams had his first track. game back. With the second <laughs> game back. Okay, second game back. It's still, like we're we're sitting there talking about a uh, top. What was he top fifteen option while he was healthy, and now he's coming back off a long term injury, but. The Eagles, by the way, have not been good up against wide receiver. Like, if you look at the teams they've played, it has absolutely been just horrendous. Like, they are not good up against wide receiver. They're mediocre right now in terms of what I'm trying to find them. But the they're reality, middle of the pack. They're, they're middle of the pack against wide receivers. Yes. Have you looked at the teams that they played? Eh, let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. So you might find it before I do. This is really great radio, by the way. Yeah, he's he's not going to pick your guy. I mean, we. I don't we, care. I don't care. All right, they face Washington football team, right? They face the Rams when they were run heavy. They face the Bengals. They face the 49ers. They face the Steelers while they were still running the ball. Mm-hmm. They face the Ravens. They face the Giants. If, they face the Cowboys without. If, if this was a court hearing, I would be objecting. All argumentative. <sighs> Speculative, you're still not going to win. Fact, they haven't played anybody with any wide receivers. Uh, they the played best. Seattle last week. Uh, Seattle is too. And DK yeah. went ballistic, but nobody else did anything. Mm. Okay, wow. they still like outside of DK here, Metcalf. Here, here more. more. Three receptions, negative six yards, and a touchdown. That's your Lazard stat line this week. Well, that's not good. That's not what you want. Oh my God, I can't with you guys. All right, who's your pick, damn it? I'm, I'm, I can't even make sure I'm Shout right, out to Kyle Johnson. Yeah, let's make it easy, Anthony. Landry or Jefferson? 
I like Jefferson with and, and without Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen's going to play Jefferson three straight games with 17-plus PPR points. Two of those games, he was a wide receiver, one going over 20. He's, he's an easy play for me. I, I think he's going to lock up Offensive Rookie of the Year. I cannot wait until Alan Lazard. Well, I'm not Offensive Rookie. Justin Herbert will probably get that. But hold on, he should. I, I think Jefferson should get it. Alan Lazard. Just gonna leave it right there on the on the table. No, no more with our talk. All right, so tight end is is fucking disgusting. So I apologize. I, I apologize for these picks. I am gonna go stick my neck out. See what I did there, uh, and think that Mike Lennon might make Tyler Eifert something. I mm-hmm. I just completely out of my ass. It is absolutely not something I'm overly confident in. He did get four targets, including a very nice touchdown. Uh, I think he's getting possibly some goal line work. That's all you're looking for out of these outside the top 15, maybe three catches, maybe 40 yards, maybe a touchdown. Eifert's as good a choice as any. That's the best I can give you on this one. All right. We're going to go with Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is an absolute smash play uh, this upcoming week. I, he still ended up running 15 routes this past week, and it was his third lowest route count since this entire season. But the reality was, was AJ Brown was wa- or AJ was wide open. Yeah, AJ Brown was wide open. Davis was wide open. I mean, they were designing plays for them off the play action fake. Meanwhile, you know, it wasn't as if we dealt with uh, you know the. I guess the blocking percentages that happened over the first few weeks of the season when it came to Lewin getting hurt. I think that Johnny Smith is an absolute smash play this upcoming week. And, and I could see him seeing four or five targets for, you know, possibly two touchdowns this upcoming week. I'm mean, against just a deflated team. I mean, my concern though, is the fact that we saw a very weird did not practice. And we had the beat reporters coming out saying that Johnny Smith was wasn't practicing because of reasons that they, they did not know. But then when I looked at the practice reports, they had Johnny Smith with knee and knee issues and they had Fersker who did not practice because of issues unknown. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where this goes. Um, do you, any of you guys have any kind of insight on how this, you know, what's going on over there? No clue. I yet. I looked it up, man. I couldn't find anything on this. Like, I don't know why it was so contradictory. So I like, I like Johnny Smith. I'm going to go. Um, I mean, I, I went through all the reports and everything. I didn't see anything. So if Johnny Smith doesn't play, I want to do it back with Aikens. I know we don't operate that way. I know we don't do that. But hypothetically, like if Johnny Smith had, you know, some sort of serious thing happen and he's not playing, I still want to throw Aikens in the ring so you guys don't have nothing to go off of. No, that's fair. And then Cooter, just so we know her internet has gone out on us, but she was going Kyle Rudolph at tight end 24. Irv Smith is out. Jacksonville's a bad defense. I still get a little nervous like we talked about, even more so with with Rudolph than Jefferson with Thielen coming back that he won't see the targets he saw last week. But that's her go. So we have Rudolph, Eifert, or Jonu. I already know which way you're going, Anthony, so go ahead and make it official and go with Jonu. Yeah, I'm absolutely all in on Jonu Smith. Yeah, him being 16th is kind of ridiculous. That's I almost didn't want to pick him because he's 16th over 15th, but, I mean, he's, he's an absolute smash. Any, anybody intrigued by Dalton Schultz going up against the Ravens? The Ravens, you can get tight end production against them, and Andy Dalton has played against the Ravens his entire career. That's kind of a sneaky oh, play. This week. I like that one. Hated, That's yeah. very sneaky. Very, very sneaky, my friend. No, I, I like that one. I think it's a smash play. 
Listen, and, yeah. and even and if Jonu Smith and, and Fersker, if they both don't play, start Jeff Swain because somebody is going to score against that Cleveland uh, defense. One mm-hmm. of those tight ends. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and let's make sure that Anthony gets his, his shout out time. Anthony, we, I know we covered at the beginning of the show, but where can we find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter and all the other social media outlets at the Real NFL Guru and follow my show at the FFA. So it can be found at all the top social media and podcast platforms. We live stream and then cut it into podcast format on Twitch, YouTube, and obviously Periscope. And again, written content at Gridiron Experts and at the Game Day NFL for my betting previews. Absolutely. Mike, what's going on, man? No, you know where to find me at Daddy's Home FF. Find me every week right here on join our circle underscore. Find all of our gang there. Please follow all of them. We have a new list that just came out today, which is people with under 1,500 followers that you should know and you should be following. Check it out. Got a lot of the gang on there. We're trying to build some people up. Man, this is a community. It's not a race. We can all rise to the top at the same time. So check out some of these new and upcoming folks. They're absolutely killing it. And if you're one of those people that's creating content, you're under 1,500, you want people to know who you are, give me a shout. And as always, every Sunday, I give you my entire timeline on Twitter from 11 to 1. So we amplify all your voices. We're my friend Chase, my friend Anthony. All my followers are checking out your stuff. So this is a good way to get your word out there. So more than anything else, guys, hit me up if you need help. We're trying to give everyone a good start here and give them a jump on their career. We're all trying to make it here. So just give me a holler if I can help you out. And you guys can find me at FF underscore intervention, of course. Make sure you all check that out. And this is a homage, right, to Cooter Doodle over there. Got to make sure we end on the right note. <laughs> We're doing this. We're doing this 100%, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you all for letting us interview with your fantasy football life. When the snow is glistening on the trees, I.